Can you say something just so I can hear levels? I'm just looking at the levels. What's up? How's it going? Just <laughs> saying stuff. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that covers all of Sector 2814. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Well, I meant it to be the Dark Crystal guys, like oh. Whipper, but I don't oh. think it worked out well. I didn't practice before the show. No, so. it's all good. Um, <laughs> Well, before we get to news, um, if this is your first time uh, listening to us, thank you for joining us. Uh, We usually cover uh, what are we watching, then we hit the news, and then we talk a top five list, uh, which we'll cover later in the show. Um, So, Peter, uh, with that being said, what are we watching? Okay, so... reading or whatever. I watched this uh, little show that came out called Swamp Thing. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see this or if you've heard much about it or... Before you go on your big tear, uh, there was a... The first Swamp Thing teaser that released was really just an image of him. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, he looks like Swamp Thing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a full trailer that released that looks terrifying. Like mm-hmm. they're going hardcore, like horror elements. And in a way, rightfully so, but I wasn't expecting it. However, it looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I think you, you read the Swamp Thing comics and they can be like kind of superhero-y or like kind of horror. It can go either way. But this show, I think, keeps in line with uh, the first Swamp Thing movie a little bit, where it focuses more on the horror sure. aspects. Um, but overall, like, it's it's really good. It's, like, pretty good to really good. I'm not, like, amazed by the show yet, but I'm definitely there to watch the rest of the series, right. you know what I well, mean? Well, this is the third of the series to pop out from the DC streaming app. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you've watched Titans... Yeah. You've watched Doom Patrol? I'm not caught up on Doom Patrol. Okay, but you've watched enough of Doom Patrol to formulate an opinion, and you've watched a handful of Swamp Thing so far. So (laughs) where would you... If you were to rank these... Just the three shows because I loved yeah. Titans. I just haven't had time to watch yeah. Doom Patrol or Swamp. Um, I do. Titans is my favorite. Doom Patrol's surprisingly my second favorite because it's just so weird and interesting, and I honestly wasn't expecting that. And Swamp Thing right now is a third, but it's a close third. I'm like, I really enjoy it. It's just like. I don't feel like the pilot was the perfect thing, like the best thing sure. I've ever seen, but it was really enjoyable. It's right <laughs> up my alley. It's, you know, the creepy swamp horror elements. And uh, I don't know. I really like... I, I can't figure out where the show takes place because I thought... I, I was thinking it's like Louisiana Bayou culture sort of thing, but for some reason I thought somebody said Georgia. So I don't know if there's swamps in Georgia, but I do love that sort of gritty, like... You know, that swamp culture right. reminds me a lot of the uh, first season of, or the first couple seasons of True Blood that really had that like, oh, sort nice. of yeah, gritty, yeah. swampy feeling. I think that's like a really fun vibe for a show. So, um, And then otherwise for the show, they're doing a really awesome job of, uh, of mixing practical effects and CGI. So like there's one of the scenes, <laughs> one of the scenes in this first episode is really horrifying and they use uh kind of this i won't go into detail i don't want to spoil things but 
They use kind of a pretty sim simple prosthetic puppet for this way the scene plays out, but this really simple prosthetic like puppet sort of thing they use along with CGI actually works extremely well. Even though you can watch it and like, okay, I think I can see how they did that. It just it it's so effective at the same time. So nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, with Titans, I absolutely loved it. I haven't watched Doom Patrol yet, and the only reason I haven't really Honestly, the only reason I haven't touched on it is because it's not characters from the DCU I've really ever invested in. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch yeah. it. So, And I've always thought Swamp Thing was cool, so I was planning on giving it a go. Um, so, yeah. All right. yeah. I'd say give Doom, pa Doom Patrol is kind of like... It's kind of one of those like Guardians of the Galaxy things where I wasn't super familiar with the team either, but then it was just so like off the wall bizarre and the cast is actually just really good that like as soon as i saw that first episode i'm like okay i'm in this is awesome cool. um other than swamp thing i've been watching so i've mentioned on past episodes how uh in the background at my house like we have friends going a lot like it's just friends just yeah, all yeah. the time while, while i'm doing chores or sleeping or whatever and uh it's gotten to the point where i'm just sick of I'm sick of the show Friends. Like, I've watched every episode probably, like, 15 times. I know everything that happens. It just has gotten boring to me. So, lately I switched that over to that 70s show, and I've been watching just a ton of that 70s show. And uh, it's just one of those things where I'm returning to a show I used to watch a lot in high school and remembering how much I loved it and just cracking up a lot to that. So, yeah, that's right. pretty much my watching for this week. So Well, I watched, I watched more of The Hot Zone. I'm almost done. It's really good. They... I, the only thing I would say that the only criticism I have of this show is because of the subject matter dealing with the Ebola virus and some of the like horrific things that happen with that. Mm -hmm. I would love. I think it would be really cool to see an HBO or like a Showtime or maybe even a Netflix tackle this in maybe a little bit longer form. Like this was only six episodes, so could you have stretched it out and maybe done ten episodes and like really made it like it's intense. But I wonder, under the right hands, how intense it could be. Because mm -hmm. I loved the novel. So, But yeah. the show is really good so far, and I can't really criticize. Um, I can't really criticize, but if I if it was me at the helm, I'd be like, well, who would allow me to have free reign? We're like, Nat National Geographic is probably hindered to some cable stuff mm -hmm. in terms of like guidelines, what they can and cannot do, where a show like, yeah. or a channel like HBO being a premium channel... They have their, there's no rules. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. So I, I'm always like torn on those things where I feel like you have to have an understanding that like when it's something where it's like, yeah, this is a network TV show. So they have certain constraints. But I also feel like when you watch something, you shouldn't have that thought in your head of, oh, what could have been if they and took you, a different approach. And you're correct. You, know? you shouldn't have. But it makes me wonder. But I guess maybe it's me going, if, if you do it on like a, network station national geographic maybe yeah. nbc decides to take it their budget is not going to be nearly what a budget of like a netflix or an hbo would give mm -hmm. do you know what i that's that's really what i'm saying even if you're like this is a one shot we're doing six episodes and done you know like hbo's chernobyl very well could be just a one it, i don't see that being multiple seasons because <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a special event mm -hmm. it's a mini series but they were given a huge budget to do this thing mm -hmm. so um that's that's the give and take on that one. That's all. I, that's really my criticism is what would have happened if you guys had more money to work yeah. with. So, um, I did, um, but I did start watching a new show on uh, 
uh, Netflix called Dead to Me. Have you heard about this show? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I saw it on the light board, and it looked so familiar, and I was trying to figure out what it was. But So I've seen bits and pieces of the show. It's kind of a lot of, like, I'll be at a friend or family member's house, and they're watching it, and I'll, like, catch a bit of it. And I think it looks really good, and I love the, uh, the people, like, the actors who are in it, I think, are all really good. Right. So I want to watch it. So I just haven't given it It's really given it basically enough. Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Right, yeah. And I always liked Linda Cardellini, and I heard her talking on another podcast about it, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to check that show out. So I sat down and watched it, and um, I'm only, like, three episodes, three, maybe four episodes in. The, the first season. Yeah. They just got picked up for a second season, but the um, it is a very dark comedy. Like, really dark subject matter, and then the... Uh, <laughs> and then when a line is delivered that makes you laugh, I don't know if it's meant to be comic relief so much as is... As the dark subject matter is playing on screen, when a line like this that is the comedic relief, I, like I said, I don't think it's meant to be. It just comes across that way, and you start laughing. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the comedy comes in. It was like, <laughs> wow, like that. I really needed that yeah. line right there. Well, that's like so. I actually think uh, that's one of my favorite kinds of, and it's very real too. So go ahead. Uh, that's like one of my favorite forms of comedy is when like. I guess comedy to break the tension when you're watching a movie and it just gets really in there's like a lot of tension or the stakes just get so high and then somebody delivers a line that isolated by itself the line might not even be that funny but because they're finally giving you that relief it just makes you laugh so much harder and I love that kind of stuff yeah no it's it's a good show so I definitely I definitely recommend checking it out so I plan on finishing it um well let's hit the news um, we have some trailers to talk about, so let's hit the trailers last. Okay. Okay. Um, let's, let's hit, uh, Magic the Gathering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, if you, I feel like most people in the world have heard of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> A good handful of people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or they've heard the word and they don't know what it is. Magic the Gathering is basically a tabletop card game that has been steeped in, like, that has been around for a very, very long time. Um, I want to say, like, early 90s magic became a thing. Yeah, it, it at least got really popular in the 90s. Like, a lot of... Uh, like, big-time popular in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, like, I was only... I was, like, a young kid in grade school, and I had friends with magic cards who you would never think would be playing the super nerdy game. But, yeah, like, yeah. blew up for um, a while. I know. I, I played magic. I'm pretty sure you dabbled in magic. Like little, most people bit, I yeah. know dabbled a little bit. Like, I didn't play super heavily because there were other things I was into at the time, but I did play. I have my yeah. cards. I know where that... If someone were to say... Drew, do you want to play some Magic? I could pull my cards out of the box. I, yeah. They're easily accessible. Um, but the And you're probably listening to the show going, why in the world are you guys talking about Magic? Well, apparently the Russo brothers, uh, directors of the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and you know Captain, Captain America, America Civil, Civil War and Winter yeah. Soldier and whatnot, they mm-hmm. are developing for Netflix Magic the Gathering, the animated series. Um, I kind of hope this is like a computer animated, not hand drawn. Really, I'm kind of hoping it's more of like a Clone Wars style animation in terms of computer animation, okay. as opposed to hand drawn. And the only reason I say that is because some of the fantasy elements, I feel like, would lend really well. And I'm thinking of lighting 
when I yeah, see no, this. I'm, I'm, I'm directly thinking of like dark lighting and stuff like that mm -hmm. when I think of like the animation style. So um, it's kind of funny you say that. I actually have the complete opposite opinion. No, that's um, <laughs> but you're, no, between I, the two of us, you're the actual artist. No, but so. but it's also like I'm always gonna lean more towards hand drawn style sure. animation, but. Everything I've seen about this series, and it might just be the sources I'm seeing, are calling it an anime series. Oh, and okay. I don't so, but I don't know. Like, the thing is, it could be CG. It could be something like the Clone Wars. It could be CG trying to look 2D, like uh, the Dragon Prince or uh, oh, Star Wars okay. Resistance, or it could be a straight up like 2D hand drawn style series, and we don't really know. I think the reason why I, like, really want it to be hand-drawn is just watching uh, Castlevania on Netflix. Oh, that's, and seeing a really, how, that's a really good point. See how seeing how well they did that, I'm just like, man, like, it'd be awesome to see okay. that magic. Since you brought up Castlevania, <laughs> no, since you brought up Castlevania, that yeah. almost sways my complete opinion. <laughs> I was just thinking about some of the creatures and stuff no, like that. No, yeah. And I've been re-watching Clone Wars. Like, Sunday mornings, I get up and I watch Clone Wars. <laughs> Like, I watch, like, three or four episodes of Clone Wars in the morning. Awesome. Um, and, because I'm, I'm binging through Star Wars. So yeah. It's kind of, you know, so I got to get through Clone Wars, and then I can get back to sh films. Um, <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about right? that. Clone yeah. Wars sits between two movies, so I got to so yeah. like, watch a handful of episodes. But as the as the animation in that show progresses, as the seasons went on, they clearly were able to throw more money at the show. So the animation style got better. The lighting got really cool. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that's why that's the only and reason I was thinking that. I know what you mean because uh, I mean Magic the Gathering. There's tons of crazy. There's tons of crazy creatures and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of crazy magic spells and stuff like that they could do. And like having that like 3D CG type of show, they really could do a lot of stuff with it. And my stance was just kind of like remembering uh, Netflix doing Castlevania and being like. Well, yeah, let's see what they can do with magic if it's in the same style. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I understand both sides of it, is what I'm yeah. saying. So, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of actually excited about this. Um, I don't, I don't know if it'll like, like Castlevania really grabbed my attention, and then um, I don't know if how much video game stuff you play, but Microsoft just released on the Xbox Store the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. Oh, cool. Which has. Castlevania 1 through 3 from the original Nintendo, the Game Boy versions of Castlevania, the Super Nintendo version of Castlevania, like all, like, it, there's like, I think nine total yeah. games in there of like every Castlevania that's of the old school ones, and I'm like, this is fantastic, yeah. this is amazing. I'll say I love playing those games, but I won't say that I'm very good at them. <laughs> so, oh, I'm yeah. not, like, yeah. I, I can get only so far, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, like, so. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, Netflix is doing this magic series, they have Castlevania, they're also doing a live-action uh, Witcher series with Henry Cavill yeah. in it, and it's like, all these are, like, game franchises that I actually haven't played a ton of, but I'm like super excited to see how the you know netflix right. series the, turns out the witcher series i'm real excited to see mm -hmm. but the, the whole reason we're talking about this is because the russo brothers for some reason went from avengers to magic the gathering so i'm kind of curious as to maybe why and maybe we'll get some more as that show develops but i thought it was it's yeah. definitely worth talking about so. mm -hmm. yeah i mean it could just be netflix getting the rights to a magic show and then just dangling that over the Russo brothers' heads, and they just had to jump on it because oh yeah, it could be a dream project for them. You <laughs> yeah, know, so that's a good, that's mm -hmm. a really good point. Um, okay, so here's 
let's talk about Batman for a minute, and then we got to talk about a really important piece of news. So uh, let's talk about Batman. Um, so Robert Pattinson is officially confirmed mm-hmm. as Batman. So I saw some reports. This is really weird. So over the course of the last time we talked about Robert Pattinson being in talks, he was in final talks with multiple actors. There was like four actors. He was one of them. Apparently it was a very rigorous audition process. And um, so then I see confirmed. So basically originally we saw confirmed, confirmed in mm-hmm. final talks, not signed yet, final talks, multiple actors, confirmed, confirmed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, it was so across the board, no one knew if it was real or not. Now they've announced that it is real, but like all the sources were reporting it except for the director himself and Warner Brothers. So everyone was saying it's official. <laughs> yeah. Then Matt Reeves released a tweet saying a good time with bat emojis and a gif of Robert Pattinson shaking his head. <laughs> okay. So what does that mean though? That's the thing is that tweet the gif of him just shaking his head made everyone go, "Well, hold on a second, is he Batman or not?" Mm-hmm. That was yesterday. So when I say yesterday, today is May, um, today's June 4th. Yeah. So June 3rd, they were, they had the tweet with the gif of him shaking his head and I'm like, so what's going on? Now I, I looked at it up before, uh, the show that we shared the show tonight. Robert Pattinson is Batman. End of discussion. Period. <laughs> contract, hear, contract yeah. closed. And it looks like it's going to be three movies. Okay. That, I mean, um, I feel like that's such a standard contract agreement that's though the, nowadays. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like you and that's you know. So does that mean we're getting three Batman movies? Not necessarily. What that means is that standard contract agreement now for franchises is three movies. You always sign for three. The guy uh, Alden Ehrenreich who plays Solo on the new Star Wars Solo film that released last year, he signed for three films. As of right now, it's just the one movie. So we don't know. They could actually take Solo and say, we're going to make a Disney Plus series, mm-hmm. which would be awesome. Do it. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Disney, scoot a little closer to the mic. I got to whisper something to you. Do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Movie or TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just, I thought that was interesting. Now we know for a fact that Robert Pattinson's Batman. Um, the more I look into his career and other movies he's done and independent stuff he's done since Twilight, the more I'm warming up to the idea of him playing Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what story they're going with. Apparently, they want to do a very intimate detective style story, which is cool. We haven't had a lot of that with Robert Pattinson. Not Robert Pattinson. We haven't had a lot of super detective yeah. Batman stories yet. And, and I don't even know. I mean, I don't know if I feel like they've done it on the big screen that much, even including the Nolan movies and stuff. I feel like a lot of movies haven't focused like wholeheartedly on the, the Nolan movies. The Nolan movies you know? did a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Well, I mean like the BVS ultimate edition did a little bit as well. BVS ultimate <laughs> edition sure did a little. The other movies had their little detective moments, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you this in terms of big screen Batman detective moments, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. Heavy Batman detective story. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. So that's that's a perfect example of what 
I, I don't want to say that's what they're doing. I'm just saying that's yeah. a perfect example of a Batman detective story. So, um, Also, like, Batman Forever, I don't think it gets enough credit, but Batman is doing a lot of detective work in that movie. And he people is. People don't really... People... Not to say it's the greatest movie ever, but people give that movie a lot of flack when, and without praising any aspects of it, and it has yeah. some good poetry. Well, when you there. when you claim Batman is the world's greatest detective and then he doesn't do a lot of detective work <laughs> yeah. in his movies, I can understand. Yeah, there's lots of detective work in the comic books. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So let's move on from that because we don't know anything more for right now. <laughs> right. Um, this is a actual super serious piece of news. Um, yesterday, June 3rd, it was either June 3rd or June 2nd. How about this? I saw the news yesterday, um, but Apple had their big, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to call it a shareholders meeting or big conventional, like, Hey, this is stuff coming out meeting. Mm -hmm. Apple is officially shutting down iTunes. This is weird. I actually haven't heard about this until now, but I use iTunes quite frequently, so <laughs> yeah. I'll keep going. So my concern, my 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 original response to this was, what? I host a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay? Like, forget any of the other stuff I could potentially be using iTunes for. I host a podcast. How does this affect me? Mm-hmm. And how does this affect our listeners? So... I started looking through this and I started reading press releases and basically what they're doing is whatever the fate of iTunes is, if they're really shutting it down, because iTunes can be used for podcasts, movies, television, um, music, like all this stuff. Yeah. They're basically going to take this one app that handles all of it and they're going to split it up into multiple apps. So there is a podcast app already. But that's the thing there already is. <laughs> right. So I think what they're doing is they're going away with iTunes in general and saying, here's your podcast app, here's your music app, here's your movie app, and so okay, on and so that on. that makes sense. So it's going to be split into like three apps total. Because if I, if you look up our show on iTunes, and you go up, there's the top five report, and you click subscribe or click on it or whatever, it forces you to open the podcast app. Okay. And if you don't have the podcast app, it takes you right to the Apple Store and makes you download the podcast yeah. app. Yeah. Okay. So... It I kind of forces you that way anyway. It's really all they're doing is splitting up the uh, movies and the music at this point. Because I always thought yeah. movies was... It was weird how movies are on iTunes well, in the first place. The but... only thing I could think of is you spend money on iTunes to buy movies, television, music. Most podcasts are free. So I'm thinking is what's going to happen is is you're going to... All your stuff that you spent money on is probably going to be grandfathered over and split up into these proper apps. There'll probably be some new thing you have to put in your Apple ID for or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, as far as podcasting goes, I'm assuming any of us that are providing podcasts out into the web for everybody, it's probably all going to get ported over and grandfathered into whenever this new thing is. It's supposed to be later this summer. Um, I received an email about it today. Um... So giving me contact information about any questions. So I'm probably going to hit them up and see what I can find out. Mm-hmm. But I don't. But how about this? As far as our listeners are concerned, I have no plan to go anywhere. We will always yeah. be here for you, no matter what happens. We will be here, and we'll find a way to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. If, it, if it's bad news, we'll find a way to make it. You work. You can't get but, rid of us that easily. <laughs> yeah, no, we're planning on sticking around. So I wanted to make sure our listeners weren't panicked. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, iTunes is going away. How do I get my podcast? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's it's all it's funny to me though. Like, uh, I remember like back in high school and stuff, spending like. A decent chunk of my life just on iTunes, like uploading tons of music, burning CDs, and like it's been a part of my life since then. But just with how uh, 
I guess like music streaming and everything is nowadays. Like it's like, oh, they're shutting down iTunes. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we got trailers to talk about. We have a bunch actually. So um, everyone strap in for some trailer talk because we tend to review those more than we do movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, speak- <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, because it is June 4th today, uh, Dark Phoenix releases at the end of the week. Do you have plans so to go hear. see it? Um, I'm seeing it Sunday. I don't have plans to see it yet. I really want to, so I'll okay. see it. <laughs> um, how about this? After sitting through a three-hour Avengers film and then seeing that Dark Phoenix is 113 minutes, blew That's my short. mind a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm seeing it Sunday. That sounds so. good, though. I mean, sometimes... I'll admit some of the uh, other X-Men movies can be a little slow moving, so if it's a shorter, like, fast-paced one, I'm I'm down for it. Right. You know? I'm just, I'm very curious to see how they're handling this, and I my, I was in anyway. So, um, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about these trailers. Uh, which one do you want to cover first? Oh, man. Uh, let's talk about scary stories. Okay. So, uh, this is, how about this? You tell me about scary stories. Like, we watched <laughs> the trailer together, but you brought this to my attention originally. Yeah. So, it was kind of, um, you know. So, we've talked about this before, but this is a movie adaptation of uh, the well known, uh, I want to say, children's or young adults' uh, scary stories books um, called, Star- you know, these books called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And they're just all these cool like folk tales as well. I don't know if there's some original ones in there or not, but uh, you know these books. I know me myself growing up like these books like not just like the stories, but also the pictures and stuff like really impacted me. A lot of my friends feel the same way, um, and they're finally doing a movie for it that is uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro. I'm not familiar with the director of this one. But uh, they finally released a new trailer for it that shows a little bit more of the storyline. And uh, in my opinion, this movie looks like what the Goosebumps movies should have been. Where it's like these kids go to this haunted house, like these teenagers, to kind of like... I guess just they're, they're seeking a thrill, so they go through this haunted house. And they find this book filled with all these creepy stories that are all written in blood... And uh, what ends up happening is the stories are coming true and they yeah. find out this like haunted book they find, all the stories are written about them and their friends. And uh, it looks like these creepy spirits and monsters are going to be picking these kids off one by one. Yeah, it um, looks like the adult version of Goosebumps. Yeah. But it looks terrifying. Like, it looks I, like absolutely. this movie is going to be so much fun to watch, but you're going to be terrified the whole time. <laughs> like, this is not going to be a fun roller coaster, but it looked, but visually stunning the graphics which look fairly practical effects Mm -hmm. look really cool (laughs) yeah definitely it's also like if you're familiar with those books there's moments in this trailer where the images you're seeing on the screen are like the same as what you see in the book like it's like a one for one ratio or however you want to say it it's like the exact same images you're seeing on screen that you saw in the book but they're real and even like there are some crazy illustrations like really exaggerated stuff in those books but even the proportions and like you know how these creepy characters look are the same but it's done in a really believable way um and, like, I know this movie looks like it's probably too scary for the Goosebumps audience, but the approach to doing a sort of, like, anthology horror movie with a bunch of different characters based on a well-known kid's book, I think this movie's doing it much better than the actual newer Goosebumps <laughs> movies did. Um, 
And then otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> no, the movie yeah. looks great. You just you were really excited. You brought it to my attention. I figured mm-hmm. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you like <laughs> yeah, go off sure. on this a little bit for sure. Um, let's talk about Dark Crystal. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm a little confused about something with Dark Crystal, but we'll get that to, that in a minute. The trailer looks great, mm-hmm. and it looks. So I haven't watched the Dark Crystal in a really long time. That movie, like what, early '80s? I want to say early to mid '80s mm-hmm. um, is when that movie came out. They sh- look like they went to painstaking lengths to look like we don't want technology to influence the storytelling. It has to look just yeah. like the original film. So it might be a little crisper because of like, high def, but I mean, other than that, it looks like Dark Crystal. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like I think there's and I don't know if I need to go back and rewatch the movie because this is a prequel. Yeah, I mean, to me it looks like they're doing almost everything practical effects, but they're using modern influences with uh, cinematography, with the action. They're kind of amping everything up. I feel like, admittedly, like I love the Dark Crystal, but admittedly, it doesn't age super well in the way of. Uh, pacing, I guess, where you watch, okay. where you watch like a scene from the Dark Crystal, and because so much craft went into the puppets and the set design, you're there's some scenes where you watch a puppet walk across a set, and you're just like, all right, when are we gonna go to the next shot? But it's yeah. like there's so much love and craft put into that sh- that scene that it's like the filmmakers wanted to show this puppet slowly go across yeah. the thing they made. Um, this mo- this looks like the same vibe, like the same kind of puppetry, set design, everything, but it looks like it's done with a more modern day pacing as well as cinematography, which looks I awesome to thing. me. You know? Yeah, no, it, it visually it looks stunning. Uh, Dark Crystals, the movie was a there's a movie, but the television series that we're talking about the trailer for is going to be on Netflix. This is what I'm confused about. The Dark Crystal is a Jim Henson property. Yeah. So it falls under the Muppets banner. Now, the Dark Crystal is not Muppets. Yeah. For you to understand. So if you don't know how the Muppets work, there are Muppets, Kermit the Frog, you know, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, and then you have your Sesame Street crowd, you know, Big Bird and Elmo and whatnot. But so you have your Muppets, and then you have your Jim Henson's Creature Shop, which mm-hmm. your which is your Dark Crystal, your Labyrinth, uh, Yoda from Star Wars. Um, those are your Jim Henson creatures. Yeah. This is my confusion. It's a Jim Henson property. Jim Henson, all of Jim Henson's properties are owned by Disney. Dark Crystal, the show, is going to be on Netflix. Yeah. When there's a Disney Plus streaming app coming out in November. Okay. That's my confusion. I don't know if I fully Um, understand that. Or... I feel like Netflix probably secured the rights to it before Disney started streaming. And they probably did. They probably did. Or Jim Henson's Creature Shop was not a part of Disney's purchase when they wanted the Ooh, Muppets. that's interesting, too. I don't know. Because Disney, when they bought Fox, said, we don't want Fox News and we don't want Fox Sports. And you say, why would they want not want those? Well, Disney owns ABC, so they have ABC News. And Disney owns ESPN, so they don't need Fox Sports. Okay. So there could have been an issue of, we don't need the Creature Shop. Yeah, and that's that could be the case. I also like wonder if it's... 
Netflix is like the one company that but actually wanted to do something with Dark Crystal, and maybe that also like that, led that, them together. That as could well. have been too. I have no idea. I just I found that really confusing, and I was like, "Oh, Dark Crystal's coming," and then I was like, "It's a Netflix series. Why would it be a Netflix? like?" That was almost my first yeah. thought before I ever even started to join. Mm-hmm. I had to watch the trailer twice because I'm like, "Why is this a?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch. I'm going to binge the heck out of this series when it comes out. I'm going to support it as much as I can because. If all goes well, maybe we'll get a uh, Netflix Labyrinth series. I was or just gonna like say I would love a Labyrinth series. Mm-hmm. Um, I between the two, I like Labyrinth way more. Yeah. But I totally support this, and of course, then again, I'm kind of in a mood where I'm like, I support all of it, no matter yeah. what it is. Let's do it. Just give me more content. And, you know. uh, can I hit you with a question? This sure. might be very hard, and you might not have an answer because I don't know if I do. Net, let's say Netflix does do a Labyrinth series. Yeah. Am I going to be David confused? Bowie yes. is no longer alive. Who plays the Goblin King this time? So, who? All right, casting the Goblin King is going to be difficult <laughs> for sure. But do they go like? Do they do like uh, Lady Gaga or something like that? Just do like a gender neutral Goblin Goblin. That King? would be really interesting. Doing like a Lady Gaga would be really interesting to do. However, here's here's a thought. What if season one of the Labyrinth series? You never see the Goblin King, and it's only talked about. Yeah. And then you tease the Goblin King for so many episodes, and then maybe at the final episode of the season you get a glimpse from a distance or <laughs> yeah. a silhouette or something like that, and then you're just like, that's the cliffhanger for the yeah. next season, and then they don't have to worry about casting him for a while. <laughs> or, okay, so here's another, I just literally just thought of this, but what if they do, you're watching a show, and uh, I don't even know or what Or what if this is not the same Goblin King? Okay, I was gonna say something crazy. Is okay. like you're watching the story about this character, and it's like the slow like downfall of this character, and at the end of the series, the character becomes the Goblin King. Oh. So you don't even know <laughs> until oh. he starts putting together the labyrinth and That's gathering his Goblin cooler. army. That's and stuff even like cooler. That. That's almost like a weird Westworld twist. Spoilers. Yeah. But um, I don't know, because I always felt like the Goblin King is the one who built or established the Labyrinth, too. So it's hard to have a Labyrinth prequel where you don't even have a Labyrinth yeah, yeah. in it. So, I mean, I don't know. Just yeah. cool stuff to think about. That sounds, really. that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Netflix, if uh, you're listening, we're Netflix, happy to write Netflix. this series for you. <laughs> um, we're happy to write this series. Uh, we have no experience in television, but we will do our best. <laughs> then again, having no experience paid well to David Benahoff and D.B. Weiss when they started Game of Thrones. So, um, just throwing that out there. Uh, let's talk one more trailer and then we'll cover the list. Okay. Um, this is for a movie called Onward. Yes. We watched the trailer right before we started, and you were like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. um, this is the new Disney Pixar film that is not a franchise. It's not Toy Story. It's not. It's an original piece. Um, let me give a quick overview of this trailer, and then just to get your thoughts, because I thought it looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm totally on board for this. <laughs> so, And to say this movie looks magical is almost, almost an too understatement. On the, okay. I guess almost too on the nose. Yeah. So basically, uh, the trailer starts and it talks about how at one point there was magic or whatever. There's some words that come on the screen and it's like, you know, in a magical universe, that kind of stuff. And you see unicorns and you see, uh, um, and you see mermaids and you're clearly like in a fantasy world. And then it says, but then time has changed. 
and you see an airplane cross the screen, but the world hasn't changed. It's just an airplane. So now you're in modern world fantasy. Mm-hmm. So like an orc or a troll or whatever that was comes to the front door to get the paper in the morning, and you got like a goblin like doing a little like twirly sign out in front of the gas station, and um, you have unicorns rummaging through trash like they're. Uh, um, like the raccoons, which that made me laugh so hard because there's always a joke about how unicorns are vicious creatures out in the world of <laughs> right. fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the main character is an elf played by Tom Holland. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, <laughs> I did once they started doing they started, the credits. And then his brother is played by Chris Pratt. So you have you know Star-Lord and Spider-Man as elves <laughs> right. in this movie. And they're basically, it looks like a road trip movie in the realm of fantasy. Mm-hmm modern day so he pulls up in his van and says time to go on our quest and he's like no it's an errand and he's like nope it's a quest <laughs> made me laugh it made me realize that the pixar guys are like look all this D stuff is getting really popular i have an idea for a story right what did you think of the trailer i think it reminds me a lot of another movie that came out within okay. the last couple of years uh bright on netflix did you ever watch that i have not watched bright do you know about bright or no uh, wait, Bright is the Will a, Smith movie. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's okay. the David Ayer movie that's, uh, it's like a cool, like, dark cop detective yeah, sort of yeah, story, but it cop. takes place in, like, I felt like the same universe I was watching that <laughs> onward trailer, where it's like a modern society, but they still have elves and fairies and orcs and all that. Um, with that being said, like, I do, like, setting-wise, I was like, oh, it's Bright is basically what I'm watching, but... With that being said, I still thought... Ah, you're starting to do it. <laughs> right. Uh, I still thought that this is, like, a good-looking movie. I think I'm going to enjoy watching it, and it's a cool, magical world that I just want to go spend time in, to well, be honest. So. I wasn't sold on it, and it's really funny because there's a part where Tom Holland's character takes the trash out, and I was like, okay, they're just doing modern-day fantasy. That's all that went through my head. Until I saw the unicorns rummaging through the trash. <laughs> okay, right. And then Tom Holland gets in. He's like, you left the lid off. And the unicorns are like going through the trash like raccoons. And then like they hiss at him and run away. <laughs> and he gets in the van yeah. and he's like, ugh, raccoon. I'm sorry, ugh, unicorns. <laughs> that made me verbally laugh out loud mm-hmm. the first time I saw the trailer. Um, yeah. And that and that moment kind of sold me on it. Like yeah. what other fantasy jokes are we going to get our, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite parts was the uh, his old, uh, the main character Tom Holland's character's older brother pulling up with the van and it had like a crazy unicorn like mural on the side and you know it just looked like one of those old crappy vans and uh, I didn't really realize that till recently that that was a big thing is like these old vans in the 70s that had crazy like fantasy like <laughs> right. art on the side and uh I just, like, I think they look awesome, and I guess those vans have, like, a real reputation, or at the time had a big reputation for, like, these burnouts and bad seeds yeah. and stuff driving them, but, like, to me, like, a guy in 2019, I'm like, I'd like a van like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? But when right. his uh, brother pulled up in that van, I just thought that was, like, a hilarious little touch, you know? So, yeah, I'm no, looking forward to it. I, I just, am. It just, it made me chuckle, and I'm just like, man, I cannot wait yeah. for this to be a thing. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the, uh, Onward trailer. Looking forward to that. Um, let's, you want to talk about the list tonight? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, because we're done with news. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all right, so it's list time, everybody, so I guess you all know what that means.
now for the top five. Okay, so Peter, this was your list. Yeah. Um, for the week, uh, you want to explain it to everybody? Yeah, so <laughs> when you first a- actually asked me to join you on this podcast journey that we've been on, <laughs> or quest, if you want to say, um, this is actually a list that I thought of right away, and I think it's because that was almost a year ago, believe it or not. It was real close and, to a uh, year ago. We're coming up on our year, we're coming up on our first year anniversary, which, yeah. that's awesome. We've been mm-hmm. sitting here once a week for an entire year, almost. Yeah, like, so. and it doesn't even seem that long. No, but not at all. I think it's because it was the summer then as well, and I was like, it'd be awesome to do top five summer movies, so... I think this is a cool list because it's it can actually be pretty personal. Like it's just kind of the movies that we like that give us that summer vibe. Maybe they take place in the summer. Hopefully, most of them do. But I have like a couple that are questionable, which we'll talk about that. But yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to do. No, this is and it's funny when you say I thought about this a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know why you didn't bring this up before. Um, just the the timing wasn't right. There's was other lists I wanted to do back then. Sure. And then, by the time I was running out of list ideas, I had to wait, <laughs> you know, a couple months more to actually get into the summer lists. So, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And then we have all these planned lists because we're just like, hey, it's a holiday. Time to yeah. do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is nice because it gives us a break to think about what we want to do next. Um, I found this list very interesting because I wanted an idea of what was considered a summer movie because I can list off movies that take place during summertime. Yeah. But what does the internet think? So I Googled this. There are some weird-ass movies that end up on this list. Yeah. Like, Tommy Boy, for example, is considered a summer movie. Is it because it released in the summer? It's really a road trip movie. I don't really think it takes place there in were, the summer. No, you're, you're, you're saying that because there was some very weird ones. Like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. There I was, was like, like, I wouldn't count Tommy Boy as a summer movie. There was, like, some weird, like, fantasy movies that came out. Like, I know, and I'm assuming it's, like, released in the summer kind that, of stuff, It's got to be so. that, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I feel like the... Guardians, like the Owls of Gahul, like came up on my list. <laughs> like when I Googled it, I'm like, that's a summer movie? That's really weird. So. Right. But I understood. You're looking more of like the summer vibe, the summer vacation, the yeah. like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Or if it doesn't have that and you want to just make an argument for why it is a summer movie, uh, I might hear you out. So. Right. Um, there are two, I think. Yeah, there's two that I'm definitely going to talk about that are definitely, I'm going to make a case for. Okay. But it's really like setting, which is why I make a case for it. Okay. Um, so uh, since it's your pick, I guess I got to go first, don't I? Do you have honorable mentions? I have two honorable mentions. Cool. Uh, one of them being uh, Fool's Gold. Okay. This um, is one I'm going to make a case I've for. I've never seen this movie, but I know about it. It's... Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson. Um, The only reason I'm making a case for this movie is because it takes place, obviously, in the summer, but it takes place down in the tropics. So it's like this outside ocean treasure hunting adventure. And I I have a big soft spot for treasure hunting movies in general, but I really like the ones that happen on the ocean. I don't know why. (laughs) It's like ocean treasure hunting. It's really, really cool. Um, and it goes back like, to like Treasure Island and the old like pirate. It, it does, and, you know, throwing Indiana Jones and that kind of stuff. It's yeah. that it's that kind of a vibe, but it's like modern day, and it's a comedy, and it's not. The, look, it is not the best movie in the world, but it's a lot of fun to watch, and I've I've seen it multiple times. It's just a fun movie from top to bottom. You okay. know, nice. It's not perfect, uh, but it's really just an ocean treasure hunting movie, and yeah, but it takes place in the tropics, so it's like. A lot of sun and bathing suits and hanging out <laughs> right. on beaches. Yeah. And it's got that summer vibe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 
Nice. Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so you said you have two, right? So mm-hmm. we'll just back and forth. You it. So one or do you have no, two? I've got two. So uh, my first honorable mention, uh, we actually talked on the 1986 movies episode, but uh, that is uh, Summer School. So uh, this movie is just like an awesome 80s teen comedy movie about kids in summer school <laughs> and a teacher who doesn't want to be there and kind of all the uh, mischief <laughs> they call cause and stuff. And Such it's a awesome fun movie. So. <laughs> There's also like especially any horror fans that are out there there's one really amazing scene where these two like metalhead horror guys in the classroom really terrorize like a uh, substitute teacher and like just watch the movie because that scene alone is makes the whole movie worth watching so. right um all right well my next honorable mention is stand by me oh awesome you know yeah. i didn't even think of that that one but that's an awesome yeah pick. this is i this is basically a bunch of kids Going on, like, Mm -hmm. it's summer, obviously, uh, but they hear that someone was murdered. Um, A a boy was murdered and the body was dumped off these train tracks, so they're going to go find it because they just want to see a dead body. Yeah. And it's basically this coming-of-age friends on a quest to go see this thing, and you get to see how their friendships are at the beginning and how they evolve as they go, and it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah, and I think this is actually a perfect pick because it goes back to that old, like, when you are a kid and you have all summer to just do whatever you want. And so, like, yeah. you and your friends will go do random stuff like that. And it's, yeah, that's an amazing pick, you know. Yeah. Sweet. So that would okay. lead into my next one, which might be higher on your list, but I chose uh, Independence Day. Oh, um, and this, like, this movie, Independence Day, the 4th of July, this movie's intrinsically connected to summer. But for me, the only reason it makes an honorable mention, even though I think it's great, is just because it's not, it doesn't necessarily give me a super summary vibe besides just it being an awesome alien invasion. Or at least on 4th of July. So yeah, of course. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was summer for everyone when that movie came out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I totally understand that reasoning. And by the way, it did not make my list at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's my actual first pick now. So my f- um, oh, sorry, I was gonna throw a tidbit in there. Yep. Another one of my favorite movies that is like not summer at all, but was released on the Fourth of July as a uh, Land of the Dead actually was as well. <laughs> and I, oh. I always think that's like a, that'd be a funny one to pick, but it doesn't necessarily right. have a summer feel at all. Okay, before <clears throat> we go into our actual top five, like our yeah. actual picks, I have one movie. This is not making a list. I just have a funny story about it. Okay. Okay. And it's the movie is called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Right. Okay. Now, this is what's really funny about that movie. When that movie came out, I went to the theater to see it with the girl I was dating at the time. Um, and if she's listening, I'm I this is this is just a funny story to me because of how my life has played out since this movie's release. But the middle of the movie, there's a scene, spoiler, one of the characters gets killed. Because it's basically a horror movie that takes place in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the characters gets killed. At that moment, we're probably two-thirds of the way in the movie. Not We're not at the three-quarter mark. We're about two-thirds of the way through. The girl I'm dating at the time, sitting next to me in the theater, leans over and says, This is really wigging me out. I gotta go. Okay. And gets up and leaves the theater. <laughs> okay. And for a minute there, I was like, oh, well, I don't, what What does that mean? So I get up to go see if she's okay, like out in the lobby. And she's like, I just, she's like, I was getting really weirded out. It was actually really freaking me out. I, I don't want to finish this movie. I'm not liking it. 
But it's not like she said she didn't like the movie. It's that she said she was getting freaked out and had to go. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Not going to argue. But she drove. So I didn't go back into the theater and finish the movie. I left with her. Okay. Being the concerned boyfriend and wanting to go with her. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking to myself, I'll catch the movie later. I get a chance to go see a movie with a friend like a couple weeks later. Plans fell through. Didn't get to go see the movie. Then the movie leaves theaters, and I never get a chance to see the ending of the movie. Do you want? What, did you ever hold, see it? Do you want on, me check, to tell the, you what check this out. <laughs> from rental to from rent from renting the movie to watching it on like TBS or HBO or whatever the case may be, I've never seen the end of the movie. Oh, really? And bizarrely, every time I try and watch it, I have to stop for something at the exact <laughs> same moment that she walked out of the yeah, theater. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Now, I have asked friends how the movie ends because it's been so many years, but I've never seen the end of that movie. Okay. I just think it's funny that every time I've attempted to watch it, something in life has caused <laughs> me to not see the yeah. ending of that movie. I can give you a spoiler-free Spoiler for how it ends. Oh, I I already know. It how. ends exactly how you think it would, and it's not that interesting. I could have gone a more yeah. interesting yeah. way, but basically, I was told how it ends, yeah. so it's fine. And I remember having the same response: "What, really?" But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've never seen the ending, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my actual first pick um, is a movie called Into the Blue. Okay, which um, I am definitely making a case for. Again, it's an ocean treasure hunting movie that takes place in the. Yeah, I mean, I never, uh, I've actually never seen this movie. I remember when it came out, I just felt like the marketing was too much like, we've got Jessica Alba in a suit. In a bikini, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's in a bathing suit. Jessica Alba's in a bathing suit for about 70% uh, of the movie. Our brother Scott, I think he went to see it opening night, but that's because he was such a Honey fan, so. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. Honey was on the other night, and I thought of Scott. Um, (laughs) At any rate... Uh, no, Into the Blue, it's just, again, it's just a fun ocean treasure hunting movie, but it's one that I find myself watching a lot. Like, mm-hmm. it's one that I actually put on. It is not a good movie, by mm-hmm. all means. It is not It is not one of those movies you want to write home about. It's kind of more of a guilty pleasure if you think about it. But it's one that I'm just like, you know, I just, I just need this right now. And I throw it on and I watch it and I call it a day. Or it's on TV and I turn it on and I watch What's, it. What is this movie about? So it's basically... Because um, I, I literally don't know anything so, at all about it. So it's Jessica Alba, Paul Walker, uh, Scott Can, and Ashley Scott. And uh, Paul uh, Walker... Birds of Prey, Ashley Scott? Yeah, okay. Birds of Prey, Ashley Scott. And Paul Walker is a big... He works... Jessica Alba works at like the SeaWorld like, park, kind of, and she works with sharks, specifically. Mm. Paul Walker works with like actual... like a snorkeling company that takes people out to snorkel around the reefs and stuff like that. He gets fired and he's all like, no, we got to go out there. And he's like, cause there's a whole big thing about, um, there's a whole big thing in the movie about how, uh, boats like back in the day, Spanish fleets and stuff like that. Tornadoes would come through and sink ships and that kind of stuff. So the idea that there's sunken treasure out in the world, okay. Paul Walker's really into it. So when he gets fired from his job, he's like, I should be out there looking for that, (laughs) not going to work. Like, you know, I could be rich if I can actually find a sunken treasure thing. Well, the storm blows through and kicks up some artifacts and he gets really excited. He's like, we got to go look. I think I think we actually found a wreck. But the rule is you have to name you have to be able to name the wreck to lay claim to it. Mm -hmm. So if he can find like a plate with the name of the ship on it. 
or a cannon that has the name of the ship on it or something, and you can name it, then they can claim it, and then they can excavate all they want, and then all the reward is theirs. Oh, okay. So it basically becomes a... Is that a, based on, like, actual laws or something? Or? The, the, the actual law, yes. Like, really? there's, there's okay. actual, like, factual, like, this is how it's got to be. Weird. So okay. it's, like, this other competitive guy who's who's an actual excavator for this stuff is trying to find the same wreck. And in the midst of it, they find a sunken airplane filled with cocaine. Mm. And it becomes an issue of... We f- let's find the wreck, let's be able to claim it, and then we'll report the plane. But then there's a whole drug yeah. thing that happens because the drug dealers are trying to find the plane Did again. Did the airplane and... belong to Mr. Echo? Uh, he's in the movie, I think. That actor. <laughs> <laughs> it it lost Mr. Echo as the guy I know. having and a that, and I wonder, And I wonder if that's why, but <laughs> now that I think about it, he's in the movie. <laughs> Uh, That's so funny. But anyway, the movie—I mean, the movie is really just an ocean treasure hunting movie okay, wrapped cool. in this sub, this drug dealer yeah. subplot. But it's just—it's a fun movie. It's—it's it's not perfect, but if nice. you want to see some really cool underwater stuff, some fun shark stuff, like you know, if you're looking for fun shark movies, if we ever do a shark list, that movie will probably yeah. make my list because there's some cool shark. Things. Does anybody punch a shark in the face in the movie? <laughs> no, but there's a funny scene where Scott Can doesn't want to go in the water because there's reef sharks and because Jessica Alba works at the. At yeah. the aquatic park, and she's like, they're just curious. Like, just ignore them; they'll ignore you. Because there's, there's, there's like at least eight reef sharks swimming around, and she's like, yeah. just ignore them; they're curious. They're, they'll leave us alone. And Scott can goes in the water with a broom, like a mop, and he's like <laughs> waving it at the shark, trying to get it away. <laughs> <laughs> and then the shark probably thinks it's a game. Well, the so shark like, grabs the mop and takes it. You know, it's okay. just, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just kind of funny. Nice. Um, so that's my first pick. Nothing. It's nothing exciting, but I'm only making the case for it because it, it definitely takes place summertime, but it definitely gives you that summertime vibe when you're watching the movie. Okay. So, nice. you know, uh, Scott Can is visiting them for the summer when all this happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just, it's just that summertime vibe, and I just really like it. So Sweet. Um, it's one of those, like I said, guilty pleasure makes you feel better kind of thing. So. <laughs> uh, speaking of shark movies, I'm going to go really big with my first pick and go with Jaws. Hey, we matched so, on this. Awesome. So this is a movie, we've talked about it a lot on the Spielberg episode, but this is a movie that's like, I couldn't imagine this not being on your top five oh, summer geez. movie list. Oh, geez. You know, when you say um, summer, this was probably, honestly, let me hang on a second. Yeah, this may have been the very first movie I thought of. Okay, yeah, nice. And this is like, I don't know, it's just amazing. Like, I don't know what to say about it, because like, if you don't know Jaws, like, where have you been all of your right. life, you know? But do you have anything specifically you want to no, say they, about it? Or Kind of the same thing. If you don't know Jaws, where have you been? This yeah. movie this movie epitomizes summer. This is a shark attack during summer season on an island that thrives on summer business and yeah. everyone's coming to hang out at the beach and go swimming and a shark shows up and starts mm-hmm. eating people. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't. And the other thing is this movie, the shark attack almost feels like a subplot. The shark situation is almost a subplot to the actual summer movie that they made. Right. It's all, there's so much like not shark stuff in the movie that it's just, it's just a regular movie about what happens on that island during the summer. There just happens to be a shark in the water. Yeah. You know, that's, that's like the conflict, but that's not what the movie's about. It's it's really interesting when you look at it through that prism. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, so, I, I love Jaws, so I could, we could talk about that. We could do a whole <laughs> yeah, show definitely. on Jaws if we really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we matched, it comes it back to It goes back to me. So, so uh, you're fourth. Yeah, my next pick is uh, The Sandlot. Oh, so okay. um, this movie, I don't know if I matched with you. I feel like you've told me no, in the past you're not the I, biggest I should, fan of this movie. Or 
No, I love this movie. Okay, I don't know why I thought you said that or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing stuff up. Uh, but, I, uh, I don't know. I love this movie. It didn't make my... It made the short list, but I just... Yeah. I feel like I thought you said before, like, you like the movie, but it's not one of your favorites. But I might be thinking of somebody else, so my apologies. No, I, I love this movie, um, so... Um, no, this is just, like, Stand By Me, like, give, is, like, an awesome movie to have that, like, those summer vibes when you were growing up and you were a kid and, like... Yeah, it's about a, a group of kids who play baseball every day, but they also do other stuff. They go to, uh, you know, there's that great scene where they go to the carnival and take chewing tobacco and then they puke all over the ride. And like, there's so many great parts in it. And uh, I think we talked about this movie once before on our team sports yeah, episode. Team sports and we talked about how like the movie actually has like a really big adventure aspect to it as well with how, uh, you know, they're always trying to like keep the ball well, from going to the beast. And what's interesting and about stuff. that adventure with the ball, like trying to get the ball back is that you start watching the movie and it's really about, a, it's a movie about kids playing baseball and then the ball going over the fence and you're just like, Oh, hold on. This movie just took a turn and now I'm like super invested on let's get the ball back, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Forget all this baseball nonsense. Let's get the ball back. <laughs> yeah. Like you're suddenly like into that idea. Yeah. So, um and then this movie on a recent episode we talked a lot about the Hobbit trilogy and like how like in the movies I wish they did like more of that whole like build uh, Bilbo has to prove himself to the group of, or himself to the group of dwarves and they didn't really capture that super well in my opinion but this movie actually captures that feeling super well where it's like the main character kid is trying to play baseball with the other neighborhood kids and right. he doesn't really fit in and like I just love that sort of uh, plot to a movie where it's like you have to prove yourself to a new group because it's just so relatable like who hasn't had that feeling before like oh crap I really have to like legitimize myself so right. I love that as well so right um, alright so that goes back to me then Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any more on Sandlot before I... No, on? no, yeah, that's... Okay. Um, my next movie is uh, Summer School. Oh, awesome. I didn't want to say yeah. we matched because it was in a technically yeah. different category. Um, and that's why I didn't talk about it that much. But Summer School is its such a fun movie. Uh, if you get a chance to see Summer School, um, it's definitely an older 80s film, so know that going in, um, that it's not modern. But this is back when, like, teen movies like this it's like this is what a teen movie used to be and or should be still if you think about it yeah um it's basically just a bunch of misfit kids who have to go to summer school and (laughs) yeah talk their teacher who doesn't want to be there either into doing all kinds of other things like you know helping them you know teaching them how to drive and taking them on field trips that they shouldn't be going on and whatnot uh but if you're like peter said if you're a horror fan like you should check out this movie just because (laughs) some of the fun stuff like when they they're at the petting zoo and they put the fake, <laughs> and they had, so they do the pettings. They go to the petting zoo, and these kids who are horror fans take prosthetics on their face and fake blood, and they attach stuffed rabbits to their face, and they come out screaming and start pulling the rabbits off, yeah. and just pulling off the fake prosthetic. <laughs> they're doing it as a joke; it's just a prank. But you know, mm-hmm. no, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a great part, and like it made my honorable mention. Like I think it's a yeah, yeah. hilarious, I, it's, awesome I, movie. I, so. I've always loved summer school. And yeah. It's a movie that I forgot about until I was Googling, like, what do they mean by, like, what does the internet think is a summer school? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, summer school. Like, yeah. So. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, that would lead into my next pick, which is uh, 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 Wet Hot American Summer. So, oh, have you seen right. this movie, yes, or do you like it? Or Okay, so this movie, <laughs> this movie, like, as far as just, like, sense of humor goes, like, 
I think this movie's hilarious. Like, I honestly haven't even watched the... Uh, I know Netflix has one or two, like, TV series about it, which I haven't watched yet, but the movie... I feel like it's so perfect. I've, wa- I've watched the series. It's pretty good. Is it? I need to check it out. The the uh, movie, though, just from, like, even a structural standpoint, is so funny. Like, the whole thing's so sarcastic. And uh, what I love the most about this movie is it takes place over one day. It takes place over the last day of camp. But the way it's filmed, it seems like it takes place over the whole yeah. summer. And it's so, like, genius how they did that. Um I also just really like, like, when I think of summer, like, I really like camp stuff. Like, that's, like, I don't know if I want to say a guilty pleasure, but kind of, like, I love movies about camp. I like thinking about being at camps and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it makes my pick. I don't know if you've got any favorite moments from the movie or I don't know if or... I'd ha- I haven't seen the movie in a really long time, and the Netflix, the Netflix series is so well done, I feel like anything I would <laughs> say right now would just confuse the movie with the show <laughs> Fair so enough. no i don't want to comment okay. on certain yeah. scenes but the it's 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 a really good movie so. yeah and i feel like it's a movie where within the first couple minutes you're gonna know if this is the movie for you or not because some people oh, just yeah. think it's extremely stupid but somebody like me i think it's like hilarious and amazing uh another like little tidbit is just this movie i don't know if it like started off the careers but it has such a good cast like it has kind of like Paul Rudd's in there, and I feel like it was a little bit before his, like, recent sort of revival, and it has, uh, like, Bradley Cooper's in there. Like, there's a really star-studded cast in there, actually. So, yeah, I mean, check it out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so my number two, uh, this goes to The Great Outdoors. Okay, yeah, this made my short list. Yeah, this is a classic. This is, not only is this a classic, but this is, like, the perfect example of what you meant by a summer movie yeah. I think this is a family vacation up to the cabin in the lake for a summer vacation like week I don't know if it's like a two week trip whatever but John Candy uh, Dan Aykroyd it <sighs> this movie just makes me smile every time I think about it like the scene when like with the bear and he's just like big bear big bear chase me <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's such a it's such a good movie did you have anything to say about it or um i like this movie i remember growing up and watching this movie a lot and um that is one thing i've seen this movie way too many times yeah that like a lot of the jokes don't land the same anymore like i can watch star wars at nauseum this movie eventually i feel like it does have a watch limit okay unfortunately (laughs) so, so the thing what i was gonna say is like i grew up and i watched it a lot and then i saw it once when i was older and it actually was a lot more funnier than when I saw it as like as oh, a it, kid. Oh, it because, definitely uh, gets funnier as you I started as catching more of the jokes. I could I found one thing like when I was younger, every time I watched a movie, I wanted to have that sort of like self-insert character for myself. Like I wanted some character I could relate to. Basically, I wanted some cool kid to relate to. And in this movie, I I guess I never felt like I had that as a kid, you know? But then when, once I got older, I was like, okay, so really what you're supposed to do is laugh at everybody in the movie. And then the other thing is just, like, you actually end up relating more to John Candy when you're older, you know? Because when you're a kid, you don't necessarily... I didn't necessarily see that, but then... Because I just thought John Candy was kind of an idiot in the movie. But then being older, I was like, okay, I actually relate to this guy more. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's character is kind of a jerk. And, like, it right. just gets better with age, I right. guess. So I, I definitely think that's an awesome this, pick. So. There's so many great John Candy mm-hmm. moments. And if you're a John Candy fan, this is a movie... If you've never seen this movie, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is probably one of... This is probably my favorite John Candy movie. 
like just by himself John Candy because then when you throw John Candy moments and like other films you know this is yeah. just this one really just stands out to me I also like this movie in the way that it's uh it has so many little things that are so outlandish and like probably wouldn't happen in real life but they all could happen like there's the guy who's like been struck by lightning 17 times or however many times it was and he's got like the sort of like skunk stripe in his hair and that's like something that seem he's like a local legend you know and that's like seems like something unbelievable but it's like something that actually could happen in real life and the same thing with like the bald bear that's like terrorizing him like that's like something that could actually happen but probably wouldn't and i kind of like that fine line between like urban legend and true story sort of stuff so yeah all right well i said great outdoors it's your pick man (laughs) fair enough uh so my next pick is actually friday the 13th so um I mentioned uh, my last one was What Hot American Summer, which had to do a lot with working at a camp, and Friday the 13th does as well. <laughs> Drew, I noticed you had a, a weird look I on had your face, a, but... I, how about this? I was not expecting you to actually pull out a horror title, yeah. so I made a weird face because I was like, Friday the 13th? Like, yeah. oh yeah, that is a summer movie, um, Yeah, and like you watch the movie, and it's got so many, like, at the time, I don't know if they were big tropes, but it has so many horror tropes that you end up loving, like, uh, or that I personally have a fondness for, like, the, uh, the whole movie takes place, of, the whole movie is about a group of kids who work at, or teenagers who work at a summer camp, and, uh, of course, there's that scene when they're on the way to the camp, and they stop at a gas station or whatever, and some creepy old guy, like, warns them about yeah, yeah. not going to the camp, and, uh, it's got so many things like that, but, when you watch the movie, it just gives you that sort of summer camp, like, counselor sort of vibe so much. And it's so much fun. Um, I think it was last year or the year before I actually marathoned through a lot of the Friday th- the 13th wow. movies. And it actually was, like, a really good time to, like, kind of get okay. myself into the summer vibe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I just, like, enjoy that series so much, and a big part of it is because... Of the summer vibes what, you get. What happened it, when so. you got the Jason? Uh, was it Jason X? Is so I, I don't one? even think I've seen Jason X. So I've, I I've seen it's on space. It's one. on Netflix right now, and I think I want to check it out because another one, one of is not good. <laughs> another one of my guilty pleasures is just bad horror movies. So I recently tried to watch uh, Freddy vs. Jason, and I thought that was pretty bad, and I ended up turning it off. So oh, right on. Maybe I'll give Jay Sonks a try. Right. <clears throat> Um, all right, well, this comes down to my final pick for the evening. Um, this is a movie called The Way, Way Back. Okay. Have you ever seen this? No, but I saw it come up a lot on Google when I was coming up with a list. Yeah. So. Um, this movie is absolutely wonderful. In every ounce that I say this word, this movie is wonderful. Um, I'll, I'll give a quick uh, spoiler-free um, uh, explanation of what the movie is about. This is a coming-of-age movie in the best way possible. And it's about this... So, this kid is being forced onto a summer vacation with his mom, who is potentially going to marry this new guy. So, this guy is going to probably be his new stepdad. And he owns a cabin up in the Hamptons, I think. I want to I say it's the Hamptons. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Because I don't know if they ever really clearly say where it is, but I want to say it's the Hamptons. He owns a cabin, like he owns a beach house, and he has a daughter that's about his age, the kid's age. So it's like, hey, let's take the summer and go live at the cabin and kind of 
see if this all works the way it's supposed to work before this relationship gets any more serious, right? And this kid, I don't want to say he's an outcast, but he's definitely shy, and he's definitely like, I really don't like this guy. I don't. I'm just doing this for my mom, that kind of thing. So he's always trying to get away and do things on his own. Yeah. And he bef- and he goes into like a, I don't want to say a diner, but more like one of those summertime lunch hot dog places okay, or whatever. Yeah. Like he just, he just goes inside to like get something for lunch, and Sam Rockwell is playing. Pac-Man, like out over the corner, and he's got like a lifeguard jacket on and stuff like yeah. that. He's clearly like a lifeguard, and he's just playing Pac-Man. And they have a little bit of conversation because the kid comes over to watch him play, and they have a little bit of a back and forth, nothing big. And then Sam Rockwell's like, oh, "I got to go back to work. You can finish my game if you want." And that's kind of the end of it. Well, then later the kid sees Sam Rockwell again, and then he finds out that Sam Rockwell works at this water park, but he's not doesn't necessarily work there. He owns the water park. Okay. So then the kid gets a job at the water park and, like, hides it from his mom. So, like, he sneaks away every day yeah. to work at the water park. And, you know, he, he like, becomes friends with Sam Rockwell, who is, like, the perfect, you know, he Sam Rockwell is this really great laid back, I want to have a good time kind of a guy. Yeah. Like, I have my life figured out and this is where I want to be and that kind of stuff. And, you know, just enjoying life. And this kid totally is, like, feeding off that in terms okay. of, like wow, this guy has it figured out. Like, he's not the perfect role model, but he's definitely what I need in my life right now and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The movie is incredibly charming and it is incredibly funny and it's going to make you laugh, but it's got just the right amount of serious to where this movie is so incredibly wonderful. Okay. From top to bottom. It is so good. Um, so when you said summer movie and like, this wasn't a thought in my mind, but then when I made the short list and I'm like, no, if I had to pick a favorite summer movie of all time, this movie probably would be my number one pick hands down wow. across the board. Like, I don't know if this was, oh, cause movie this thing. was your last pick. This wasn't was my last thing. pick. Okay. This wow. was my last pick for the night. This would probably be my favorite one. I highly, highly recommend the way, way back. What I told you. Yes, it was technically a spoiler, but it is just enough to set up... Like, how about this? What I told you is probably in the description of the movie if you were to look it up. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's so much to this movie. It's very layered. Um, Amanda Peet's in it. Steve Carell's in it. Uh, Jim Rash is in it. Jim Rash is hysterical in this movie. Uh, Maya Rudolph's in it. Like, it's a big cast. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I highly, highly recommend this movie. Okay, awesome. But, yeah, anyway. So, what's your final pick? Okay, okay. So, yeah, leading into my final pick, this is my most questionable pick. But, <laughs> okay. I, don't, but I don't care. So, this is a movie <laughs> that takes place over a lot of years, and most of the movie takes place in California. And that's why it's questionable whether it's summer. But I will put money on the line that says... A good chunk of it does take place during summer months, and that movie is *The Lords of Dogtown*. Oh, so, I, um, I will, I will give that to you. Yeah. So this movie is about um, this group of kids who uh, lived in California and Great kind movie, of, by the way. Yeah, they kind of uh, revolutionized the sport of skateboarding for the time. Um, you've got Heath Ledger who plays this sort of surf shop owner who ends up. Uh, he just kind of ends up. Uh, fabricating a bunch of skateboards like just to sell to make money off of but this group of kids really uh, glom onto it and they start really pushing the sport and it's kind of like you can kind of compare it to the sort of band movie tropes in a lot of ways where it's about these kids like rise to stardom as athletes but it tells the story of this like core group of friends and how they rise in fame and how where they end up and how you know there's 
always going to be falling outs and, st- and stuff among those group of friends. But I love this movie because, like, growing up, like, I was so into extreme sports. Um, like, every summer, it was, like, me and the neighborhood kids and every single one of us would be on a scooter or a skateboard or rollerblades or whatever, and we'd have some sort of, like, ramp or grind rail or some sort of dangerous obstacle <laughs> set up, and we were all doing tricks on it. And it was just, like, this movie, like, harkens back to that. But also just having that, like, sort of California atmosphere of the movie. Um, there's a lot of just kind of, like, those summer party vibes, too, in the movie, like, bonfires and just kind of, like, those, I don't know, late, late night summer party sort of vibes as well. Um... This movie, another, like, kind of cool thing is this was the movie I saw that kind of legitimized Heath Ledger as an actor for me. Oh, Because wow, I, okay. remember, uh, I remember when he was announced as the Joker, and I heard, like, him getting some <laughs> flack, and I was kind of like, well, have you seen Lords of Dogtown? Because he's actually really good in that, you know what I mean? So um, I don't know if I've ever not liked Heath Ledger, but, yeah, I think we all had the same reaction when we heard it was... Re- cast as the joker so yeah yeah um do you have any thoughts on the movie at all no you covered almost everything the movie's amazing Mm -hmm. i just you covered like yeah it's um it's it's just one of those cool movies too there's like a variety of characters you can relate to um it also takes place like in the 60s or 70s i'm not exactly sure when but it's like uh kind of like forrest gump or something where a lot of the music is the music of the time period, and yeah, you it can, ends up having a great soundtrack. You also as can well. really tell that, aside from like researching the time period for a movie like this, they really researched the sport of skateboarding, mm-hmm. not only modern day but at the time of that as well. Yeah, for the period. So um, there's also a documentary about the same story called uh, Dogtown and Z Boys. I recommend both because they're both great, just for different reasons. But yeah, that's. Jonah Probably. Hill, man, I gotta look this up. Jonah Hill just released a. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, what's it called? 1990 something or mid 90s, I think. Mid 90s, yeah. yeah. He just released a skateboarding movie, which I haven't watched yet, but it I, looks amazing. I've heard really good things about it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, is that all you got to say on Lords of Darktown? Pretty that much. That brings us yeah. to the end of the list. So, uh, before we run our credits for the night and do the outro. Uh, you want to know what we're doing next week? Yeah. Because I, I was thinking about, we have a lot of endings this year. Right. You know, Endgame came out, Game of Thrones came to a close, Supernatural's Big coming Bang to a close, theory. Big Bang Theory, which no one seemed to notice. Um, My watching of Friends and watching this year. Ended. <laughs> um, so I just thought it'd be kind of interesting to do our top five favorite series finales. Of all time, so all yeah. of television, because we do a lot of we do a lot of movies. Every now and then we throw in a comic book thing. So we're gonna do series finales of television. So that includes all of television. Okay. So I just thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to kind of track down, and we're just talking about final episodes. Yeah. So um, it's gonna be it's going to be hard because I guarantee How I Met Your Mother does not make my list. <laughs> it's going to be hard because I haven't watched like I feel like I haven't watched a ton of TV series all the way through, but I think I can definitely do five. Okay. But I, it'll be an inter- It's an interesting topic, especially with how controversial Game of Thrones and and that's and that's what made me that's think of this. A, that's what totally yeah. made me think of this. I'm like, ooh, what are my favorite series yeah. finale? And there were a lot of cool ones that I thought of. I'm like, man, I hope Peter has seen enough television. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll be able to figure it out. But And then the other thing is just like, it's an interesting topic because so many series finales are hated as well. They're hated and they're controversial. It's like the bigger the series, the more people dislike it. So so I was like, this could be a really fun (laughs) list. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. uh, Yeah, series finales next week. So that's awesome. Cool. 
Um, all right. Do you have anything else to add before we? Uh, that's pretty close much it. it. Yeah. Great. So everyone, please check us out at our website, topfivereport.com. Um, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter, Facebook. You'll find the link to our uh, email, uh, topfivereport at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, by all means, send us that. If you have a list idea, we'd love to hear it because we'll probably do it on the show because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to catch up with me, my name's Drew on Drew3927 on Twitter and Instagram. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I'll be arguing with people on whether Batman sparkles in the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, check us out on iTunes, or as I should say at this point, the Apple Podcasts app. Uh, there you will be able to get you'll be able to subscribe to us and you'll be able to not and you won't miss a single episode of ours you can also leave us a review we love five star reviews but criticism helps us get better um so uh we appreciate that and it makes our words that we say sound important or at least feel important um so please check us out there uh that brings us to the end another episode in the bag uh for the top five report i'm drew i'm peter and we'll see you next week Thanks for listening, everybody.